story we have a new theme because we are that song jingle is it a jingle the theme song it's a theme jingle a theme jingle by the one and only i don't know brushy one string how many people are familiar with him a lot of people at my work are well, and if you don't know Brushy Wunching, you might know Chicken and the Corn. So the corn can grow. And if you don't know Chicken and the Corn, then you, you can go to hell. And you are not on the internet. Google it. Why am I doing all the work for you? <laughs> Dumb. So yeah, we are... Um, Big top. Big what? Big top peewee. Big tops. Okay. We're important now. Because you know what? We podcast like everyone is listening. Hey, think <laughs> globally. I thought of that today. Locally. You know, like the dance like no one's watching. Uh-huh. Podcast like po- no one's listening. Po- no, I know no one's listening. Podcast <laughs> like everyone's listening. Make you better. If you uh, podcast like no one's listening, it would just be the same shit we do every week because... No one listens. And we do do the same shit every week. We do do. We do do. What are we doing 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 this week? Thank you, Brushy Wunchy. I love you. Thank you. you. We have a theme song, and I hope it gets in your head. (laughs) And if it does, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, as you heard from our theme song, we talked about our DVD collection Mm -hmm. tonight. Uh, we're talking about an interesting movie. I'm just going to say interesting. I'm going to say depressing as fuck. No, it's not depressing. It's yeah, not it like is. Man on the Moon. No, again, my argument, <clears throat> Man on the Moon is a sad movie with a uplifting ending. Is it uplifting? I don't remember the ending. He dies. And then we see him rise from the ashes in the form of Tony Clifton. And we don't know who that one is. But. Jarhead starts off. Yeah, we didn't even pretty, say we were. Oh, yeah, this one <laughs> starts off pretty dour and it gets worse. And by the end of but it, you, know you want to kill yourself. No. Okay. No. Trigger warning for anyone out there if you need to get help, get help. Hey, find your national crisis prevention yeah. hotline. This movie's not about suicide. 
Uh, this yeah, movie kinda, might be. I don't know. This movie is about war. Not I, even about war. It's about no. the psychological effects of the suck, aka yeah, and the not Marine even Corps. not even battle, but just no. the waiting. Yeah. It's, um, Hurry up and wait. The boredom. It's an interesting viewpoint of war because you know that especially modern era war because you know that this happens in all the wars but you only hear about the battles and the mm-hmm. the crazy stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's also lots of boring moments yeah and that's what this movie is about just the slowly going insane because you're built up so much to want to do this and then you don't get to do it and it fucks with your mind i mean it- are we ready to say what we're talking about we're talking about the movie jarhead 2005 this so movie came out, um, opened November 4th, 2005. We were in the air. We were flying to New Zealand on that day because we left before the day before. Didn't we leave like the day before Guy Fox Day? We left. Um, no, we left on November 4th. That's when this opened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I know. We left November 4th. Us, think Me thinking incorrectly <laughs> that we were going to get to New Zealand on November 5th. When in fact we get to New Zealand November sixth, November fifth, two thousand five never existed for us. No, it didn't. So funny that this opened November fourth, two thousand five. Remember, remember the the jarhead of the month. <laughs> um, this movie is directed by Sam Mendes, Mendes, however you want to say it. I think it's, I've heard Mendes. That's how I say Sean Mendes, <laughs> the singer slash songwriter. So I'm going to say it the same. <laughs> That's how I say Camilla Cabello. <laughs> <laughs> not even uh who yeah we previously we had previously talked about sam mendy's when we did our american beauty podcast american Epis, beauty american beauty which again another depressing a f yeah i think that's a theme did mendy nope that was uh nope that's did sam mendy's do the reader Revolutionary Road. I get the two of them mixed up because it's like the same fucking cast. Kate Winslet. She was married mm-hmm. to Sam Mendes. I don't know. Uh, this movie is based on those. the 2003 memoir of the same name written by U.S. Marine Anthony Swafford. What kind of fucking name is that? Swaff. Uh, and our Anthony Swafford is played by the underserved Jake Gyllenhaal. What does that mean? It means that he gets, I know what it he needs more respect. Mm. Earn it. Yeah, it's about the uh, what Gulf. The Gulf. I don't know what war is this about. The Gulf War, Operation Desert Shield. You remember that time? Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. I was in high school. Are you? Nope. I was in junior high. Were you? You were in high school. I, 90, I was, 91? I was... It's, this movie it starts between, in 80. Yeah. It starts in 89. Mm-hmm. I graduated junior high in 90, which was seventh grade for me. Okay. Nope. Ninth grade. Oh, my God. goodness. Coffee. I'm old. I know. I was in sixth grade. I remember very vividly because I made a scrapbook about the Gulf War. Um, I did not. I made a scrapbook and I showed it to the class. I cut out articles and headlines from the paper and put them in a scrapbook that's some serial killer shit it is and i i feel like my parents told me that i should do it because it's mm-hmm. history you need to remember this but it was 
they were excited about it and I was like, oh, this is really cool stuff. And now looking back, I'm like, that was really... That seems fucked up. Kind of fucked up. So I'm sorry to the, my sixth grade homeroom class or English, whatever I did for this. Sorry I had to make you guys look at it. I feel like it still exists somewhere. Like that, I had that scrapbook for years. But then when my parents moved, I don't know. Yeah, what happened to all your old shit? I don't know. I have some of it, but I don't have all of it. Hmm. I had two scrapbooks going. I had the Gulf War one. And then I had... The boys. Movies. Oh. <laughs> like, remember in the paper on Fridays, like you get the big movie ads? Maybe. I Sometimes they'd even be in color. Like Beauty and the Beast was in color. Mine were all hand-drawn by peasants. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie. Starts off in 1989. He, uh, we have an opening that's very reminiscent of something like Full Metal Jacket with his uh, drill sergeant yelling at him. Drill instructor. They don't call <laughs> him sergeant. Okay. Um, because they may not be a sergeant. He goes there, gets yelled at, then is stationed at Camp Pendleton. Do you, trivia? Mm. How do you end up in the military? Is this from the book? No, it's hmm. a, why are you here? Whatever he yells. And then he yells back. Yeah, I don't remember. I got lost on the way to college, sir. Oh, yeah, that. No, yeah. That was my trivia. Oh, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember that. I, um, I didn't think that was the legit answer. Life at Camp Pendleton is uh, difficult. Not sure about his uh, f- friends that he meets, his his company, mm-hmm. whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. His company. His company. Um, he tries to pretend he's sick so he doesn't have to do things, then... Yeah, he gives himself diarrhea. And... <laughs> Which is... He drinks a bunch of X-Lax or whatever that is. Um, like milk of, ma- ma- milk of magnesia. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, basically, uh, yeah, laxative. He's drink- He's chugging laxative. Um, but his, uh, sar- his staff sergeant, played by Jamie Foxx, Who's fucking great. He's probably the best part of this movie. He, uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's the best part of this movie. Every time he's on screen, he's magnetic. Sarsgaard is pretty. He's the second best. God damn it. I mean, Gyllenhaal withstanding, obviously. Or Gyllenhaal notwithstanding. Sure. I don't know what words I'm saying. Um, Sarsgaard and But Jamie Jamie Foxx, he definitely... Runs it's effortless. This show. It's yeah. effortless. He's not even. I mean, he's like you forget he was ever Ray. He's ever going to be Ray. You forget he's Jamie Fox. You're like, yeah, you forget a, he. He's was, a lifer. That's what they call him. Like right? you forget he's a comedian. Mm-hmm. What happened there? You got a drinking problem? <laughs> I spilled some coffee down my face. <laughs> Why are you drinking coffee? It's it's almost bedtime. Mm-hmm. What are you, a crazy person? <laughs> my God, it's seven o'clock. You think you're invincible? Um, <clears throat> Staff sergeant. Sykes um, tells him, okay, you're not, you're part of the sniper team. I'm going to train you to be a sniper. Mm-hmm. And then he teams up because there's always two people. So his partner in sniping is... A spotter and a shooter. Um, Troy, what's his name? I don't know. Tony? Was... Troy? No. Alan Troy. Troy. Yeah. Alan Troy, played by Peter Sarsgaard. Who's not related to any of the other guys because those guys are Skarsgaard. Oh yeah, you're right. This guy is just Jill and Hell's brother in law. Yeah. He not not yet. The following year weird. he would be. Yeah. Oh. 
brothers. Mm, um, he's his spotter. And I mean, Gyllenhaal or Swafford is a talented sniper. Yeah, he's really good. He's like, he's amazingly good. Like, I it's just like a natural if, talent. I wonder if the actual Swafford was that good, or is he? Is he? Why wouldn't he be? Zhuzhin himself up a little bit. Well, he's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I know. That's Zhuzhin I mean, all the way. What I mean is like, hey, make him shoot better than I ever did. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean. Make his eyes bluer. Thank you. Like, I want his, his grouping to be like uh, right on. <laughs> um, so, um, Iraqi president, Saddam Hussein, Saddam, however you want to say it. Er- he, what? I guess he was... A, Technically titled president. Wasn't yeah, he, he was. Yeah. He invades uh, Kuwait. This is all well known in mm, history. Mm, mm. And Swafford's unit is deployed to the Arabian Peninsula. Peninsula? Peninsula? Nuclear? I can't say it. Peninsula. That sounds boring now. You know how, well, this one, that British guy in that podcast I was listening to the other day, he was talking about Coyote Ugly, but it's Coyote. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Coyote. Anyway, is that how they they're, say it? They're, <laughs> you want to hear... Why do we say coyote? It's not spelled coyote. You want to hear something even worse than that? There was, I can't I'm not find, saying it's bad. I can't find it right now, but <laughs> there was a clip of some woman with a weird, like, doing like a weird cooking demo using the microwave, but she called it the microwave. I'm saying that forever and always. I want. I never wanted to reach through my phone and punch a stranger more. Why would you want to? Pu- I love that. I need you to clean our micro wave. By the way, it smells like butter because <laughs> butter exploded in it, and now it stinks. The micro wave. Micro wave. So they go to the Arabian Peninsula as part of Operation Desert Shield, which is nothing yet. Didn't nope. Shield before the storm. Yeah, um, that's not a thing, but okay. It is in 19... It will be. <laughs> um, so these Marines are very eager to fight. They're hungry. They watch in one of the most chilling sequences, I think, in this movie. One of the most. They, are, they all watch the movie Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Were you trying to think of it? I wasn't. It was not there yet. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. And they are jonesing like they are so pumped like it is so chilling to watch so much testosterone in that room there's so much testosterone in this whole goddamn movie i mean it's male talk it's a cock it's like like a cock but smaller hey look it's a cock but smaller it's so toxic this i mean and i know i don't know i'm not even gonna go into what i feel how i feel about the military because i don't think I think they go through a lot of shit, and they don't get taken care of when they come home. Well, I mean... That's the problem. That's my, all I'm going to say. My stance has always been honorably, <clears throat> honorably discharged vets should be receiving medical insurance for life. They all should. That should be... They all should. Well, I mean... Or the lifer's not. Well, no. What? No. I like the word lifer. Honorably discharged versus dishonorably discharged. Okay, okay, yeah. Versus general discharge. I thought you were talking about either that or killed. Oh no, no, <laughs> I was no. Like what? Yeah. I mean, and at the, I mean, at the very <clears> least, 
combat vets. Yes. You know. I don't know why they don't. That should be a given. I don't and know then, why they don't. Oh, let's try to get some more money in for all honorably discharged vets. Oh, and now let's try to get money for all vets and their families. You know. I mean, it sounds like common sense, but... But, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Anyway, they watch Apocalypse Now. That's when they get called that they're leaving. They're so excited. They're so fucking pumped. And it's bananas. They get to um, Iraq, I guess, right? That's where they go. I know it says Arabian Arabian Peninsula, but I think it's... Or... Yeah. They're not Kuwait. I they might be in or are they in Kuwait? They might be in Iran. And this said nothing border. about Iran. Well, I mean, because yeah, they're because, on the no. It just says okay. Because the Iraqis crossed the border. Saudi Arabia Kuwait border. Yeah. Okay. Saudi Arabia. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, as excited as you guys are, they quickly become very bored well and they have to acclimate to the environment they need to yeah hydrate hydrate constantly which sounds awful hydrate dehydrate basically drink Hi- and, and pee. pee drink and pee drink and pee. drink till you want to barf pee oh. run in the desert shoot in the desert put your gear on in the desert dig holes in the desert oh god this looks awful and this is not what they were expecting they thought they were going to be all gung-ho like apocalypse now a pop, a pop so um they find themselves bored with remedial training constant drills and a routine monotony that feeds their boredom and prompts them to talk about the unfaithful girlfriends and wives waiting for them back at home they even put up a bulletin board which i wonder if that's a real thing yeah it is you know this what you know about this a bulletin board featuring <laughs> pictures and notes um this is all the all the bad things that their women did while they're mm-hmm. gone. It's called a Jody Wall. Mm-hmm. What is that from? Jody Jody is just a nickname to the guy who visits your girl while you're deployed. So I didn't know any of like, that. I mean, I I put together that's what it meant, but I want I don't know where it came. from. I know, like for I don't know if it's all Spanish speaking, but I know for Mexicans it's Sancho. Sancho is the guy who's. Fooling around with your wife. Because, right. like, I mean, coming up in kitchens, like, there's that, that weird urban superstitions of, like, you know how when you sneeze, like, the mm. modern superstition is, bless you, because sure. that's your soul. Trying to escape. So, for all the Mexicans that I know, it's always, you sneeze, that means Sancho's visiting your girl. Jeez. So, whenever someone sneezes, they go, Sancho! Well, okay. Yeah. Um... So it's suddenly Christmas. Swafford <laughs> decides to have a Christmas party. Gets some unauthorized alcohol. Everyone gets really drunk. Swafford dances around to OPP. Wearing two Santa hats. Wearing two Santa hats. You can guess One, where they were. One's on his head and one's not. <laughs> uh, um, Swafford asks another guy, Fergus, mm-hmm. who is very homesick at Christmas time. Sure. So take my watch. I'm in a party. And Fergus is like, fine, I'm going to listen to Christmas music and make some hot dogs. Sausages. Sausages. But Fergus accidentally sets fire to the tent. It hits uh, the fire, ignites a crate of flares. All the flares go off. 
and Staff Sergeant Sykes is pissed and he demotes Swafford, makes him, puts him on shit burning detail mm-hmm. where he has literally burn the shit that and, people have shat. And in those barrels was actual human shit. Yeah. Mixed with like dog shit, dog like shit. whatever they could find. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's just chili. Nope, it's nope, not it's chili. Shit. It's oh, actual puke. I don't know how Poop. Dylan Hall. It was did the it. juiciest. Well, because there's pee in there too. I mean, it's oh god, it's, it's a latrine barrel. It's fucking. <laughs> I bet so, it smelled great. This, um, so these punishments combined with the heat, the boredom, his suspicions of his girlfriend cheating, cheating on him. Mm-hmm. It he starts to have like this mental breakdown. Totally goes nuts. Threatens Fergus with a rifle. Tells Fergus to shoot him instead. He goes nuts. And that was actually Hall's audition. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And then, well, did you know that... He broke his tooth. Yeah, when he turned the gun on himself. Yeah. But did you know that that caused a rift between him uh-huh. and... Uh, yeah. What was his name? Fergus. Well, the Gar- guy who played Gar-Hardy? him. Garrity? Oh, yeah. Garrity. Garrity. Brian Garrity, the guy who plays... Yeah, and so like it the freaked apo- him out so much. The apology in the movie is an actual apology. Yeah, John Hall gets into his role sometimes, <laughs> but I he's mean, not, it, he's not like a method guy. Though. He's not like method method, but, but he gets just, very passionate. Yeah, yeah, as one should if he's, that's your job. And if you're playing a part where the guy is having a mental breakdown, you go nuts. But it is funny that there's this story of him knocking his tooth out. There's the Heath Ledger knocking his tooth. You remember that? From or wait or what, did he knock out um, from Hoglin's tooth? Knight's Tale. I don't think Heath Ledger ever knocked a tooth out. I think he knocked out Brett Hoglin's tooth with the Brian broom. Brian Hoglin. Remember okay. that was like in the like the commentary because they're maybe they're like in studio and he's goofing off with the broomstick and he hits Hoglin. Sounds kind of mouth. Oh, Heath. <laughs> um, Operation Desert Storm soon begins finally. Marines are sent to the Saudi Arabian Kuwait border. Uh, Swafford learns from uh, Staff Sergeant Sykes that Troy, his spotter, concealed his criminal record and is going to be discharged after they get home. And the shitty thing is, I mean, I think that's going to be a general discharge, which means he's not going to be eligible for pension and stuff. and mm. He won't be getting a lot of the VA benefits. Um. Troy's also kind of starting to unravel, which is interesting because he seems like the most cool and calm, collected person there. Well, I think because he knows what's going to happen. Like he's like, I can't fuck up. Because no, I mean, because he knows his life as a marine is over, and that's all he wanted. Because he's always the one like calming the fights. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop this, stop this. Mm-hmm. Behave, kids. Like he seems like the most responsible person there. He, he seems like he should be. He he would be following in Staff Sergeant Sykes's footsteps, basically. Like, that's the path he wants to take, but it's he's not being allowed to. But they brand him anyway, because they know that's, that. Because that's the important thing. Yeah. The brand, you get the USMC. Yes. <laughs> I had to spell it out in my head. You have to earn it, because mm-hmm. they, they faked out Jill and um, Swafford in the beginning of the movie. They'd be like, we're going to brand you. And he's like, no. And then they're like, huh, kidding. You got to earn it. Mm-hmm. Which... At this point, Troy has definitely earned it, sure. according to his company. He gets his brand, even though he's not going to be able to re-enlist ever mm-hmm. again and whatever. Um, so 
following an accidental air attack from friendly forces. I thought it said farces. To A-10 warthogs. Mm. Friendly fucking? What what is he? (laughs) Friendly fucking fucked by friends. Oh, God. So the Marines advance through the desert. No enemies on the ground. They're just walking. They march through the infamous Highway of Death. Mm -hmm, I guess mm -hmm. it's a thing. Which is on the northbound road leading back to Iraq from Kuwait City. They see burnt vehicles, charred bodies. I mean, it's a pretty awful place. I mean, no life. It looked Mm -hmm. like Walking Dead, but like charred. Instead of gone and zombies. There there was actually a point where I expected one of them to open their eyes <laughs> and look like the dude from Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy at the yeah. end is like, that's tiny head. Well, there was another guy. Oh. Like smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. The cigarette smoking yeah. in bed guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then they spot in the distance the uh, burning Kuwaiti oil wells, which is a very, I guess, famous scene from this war in real life. I mean, we mm-hmm, saw, mm-hmm. it's in my scrapbook, pictures of these oil fields just burning to the sky, mm-hmm. these plumes of flame. <laughs> plumes of flame. <laughs> um, and oil is falling from the sky. Landing on their faces. I do like when Joan Hall's like, the earth is bleeding. Earth is bleeding. That was actually molasses. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be oil. I know. I'm just saying. It's molasses. Mm. Gets in uh, Lucas Black's eyes. Ah, I can't see. And they're all just like, oh my God. This child. <laughs> Black oil in his eyes. He likes doing it. Oh, fry shit. I know, right? I totally forgot. Two episodes in a row, we mentioned oil eyes, Lucas Black. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Hope you're happy. So they start digging sleeping holes because they got to sleep somewhere. But then uh, before they can finish, Sykes orders the squad to move upwind. Why? Well, because they're just getting rained on. Yeah, they are. It's gross. So near the end of the war, Swafford and Troy are finally giving a sniping mission. This is what they've been working for. They're jazzed, especially Troy. He really wants that shot. He wants that kill. He wants the the pink mist. Well, Joan Hall wants the pink mist. Joan Hall, yeah. I'm sure they both do. And um, what is the pink mist? It's for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, JFK. Okay. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, um, you know what the pink mist so is. So their battalion commander, Colonel Kaczynski, played by scary-ass Chris Cooper, orders them to kill at least one of the two high-ranking Iraq- Iraqi Republican Guard officers that they spot at an airfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before Swafford's about to take that shot, Major Lincoln, played by... Dennis Haysburg. Dennis Haysburg, the voice of Allstate. And the president of the United States... And also the president in 24. He interrupts them to call in an airstrike. Troy is, he goes bonkers. He loses it. He loses his goddamn mind. Just He's crying. Give us the shot. We're this close. We said we got permission. He, but um, Major Lincoln's like, no, we're going to destroy the- You're going to kill the, one guy? Watch this. Yeah. 
sit back. It's a football game now or college football or whatever he compared it to. Oh, no, because he has his little lawn chair out. He's like, bad knees from Oh, from college. Injury. I thought he was comparing the whole no. thing to a football game. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Troy loses it, start, is on the ground crying. Well, I mean, it's because he knows that... This is it. This is now. This was his one chance because he's he can't be a marine anymore. I mean, it's yeah, and he wanted that that shot. And I think he also feels ashamed of what he just what just happened, you know, because he's been cool as a cucumber this whole time, and then he loses it. Mm-hmm. And then they sounds like there's like they leave. Sounds like there's like war going on. Well, because they don't get picked up. They don't get picked up. They hear all this noise, and it turns out everyone's having a party. The war's over. I do like when Jamie Foxx like, Come on. you two motherfuckers are still over Sorry. He never got to f- fire his gun. Yeah. His rifle. Yeah. I my rifle. My rifle is me. Whatever. You can do it now. What does that mean? No, because like, I never fired my rifle. You can do it now. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so then it says, uh, during a monologue, Swafford realizes that all of his training and effort to achieve the elite status as a Marine sniper is meaningless in modern warfare. And then we have kind of like the epilogue, I guess he's returned home. They kind of show what everyone is up to. We got Lucas Black well, is mean, selling homes. What? The, the bus ride home, the, the parade. Yeah, that's fucking sad. Everyone's cheering them on. They seem to be in, in good spirits, but then that... Then there's a Vietnam vet that boards the bus. Who's, who hasn't been able to shake the war. Well, I mean, like, it's one of those. Because, I mean, he's, it's funny because he has a, he comes in hot, just immediately high and just, uh-huh. his, his emotions are sky high for just the briefest moment. And then the come down of, I never got this. Yeah. Cause he's it's like, you guys. Fucking depressing. You guys did it. You, you came home and blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of. I think it all just it immediately just sinks in. He's like, can I, can I sit down on your bus? Yeah, it's fucking depressing. Yeah. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> no. And then we have our epilogue where it shows what everyone's up to. Lucas Black is selling houses. Squishy face. He's, he's just that, in a he's bar. He's in a bar with some mail order bride. I don't know. The, and then that, I think, was he Cuban? Es- Escobar? Escobar. Escoban? Yeah. He's uh, working like at Home Depot or something. Or he's like, he's like, he he came in as an immigrant. Was it Cuban? He might have been Cuban. I think I don't know. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. and he's stocking shelves or whatever. And um, we see Cortez at a at a carnival. I love Cortez. Thank you, <laughs> um, Baby Joker from Next Friday. Jacob Fargus. Uh, yeah, Fowler squishy face is seen with a prostitute. We would. Kruger's in a corporate boardroom. I said, yeah, selling houses. Escobar is a supermarket employee. Cortez is the father of three children. Sykes continuing his service as a first sergeant in the Iraq war. He's a lifer. Mm. Um, Swafford discovers that his girlfriend has a new boyfriend. Cause that guy no, from the letters. No surprise that she that works at the hotel. Yeah. And then um, Swafford learns that Troy died. It does say... I mean, it doesn't say in the movie, in the book, Yeah, um, he dies from a car accident. We don't know that in the movie. He's just in a coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he finds out after uh, Fergus comes up. Fergus looks really awful. Fergus looks like He's a, a junkie. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he is after this. He, I mean, I think this war done fucked him up. I don't... Mm, I don't know. 
I mean, he's got long hair, weird glasses. Well, he he doesn't have his his Buddy Holly glasses anymore. No. He's got some wire wireframe glasses. Um, I feel like because at the funeral, Fergus. I mean, at the wake or whatever it was, Fergus looked fine. Yeah, he's just got the his hair was like in a mid nineties hair. Now he's he got into grunge, he, I guess. Yeah. He, he formed a yeah an alternative rock band. Yeah, it was the time. And yeah, and then Swafford cries, and that was rough because that that was his buddy. I mean, that's yeah, that was his brother-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends. It shows it ends with him looking out the window at a very uninspiring neighborhood, and it slowly turns and into he's retelling that I don't know what that is. You know, a man shoots a rifle, blah blah. Mm-hmm. That's how the movie opens, and it ends with that too. Yeah, yeah. The bookmark, but the, the, book the ends. scene kind of fa- uh, slowly turns into the desert because that's all he sees. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. I mean, he sees the the men walking through the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Um, boom. Okay. Do do do. So that song, uh, "Jesus Walks" by Kanye West, plays in the. And credits. I guess it originally had just played For in the, the trailer. Trailer, right? Yeah. And then it got such good reception. Well, I think Mendy's like, liked it so much. Yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean Mendy's liked it. He's going to sing yeah. it. Well, Sean Mendy's even born. <laughs> I don't think. I don't fucking think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sam Mendy's liked it. So he put it at the end of the movie. And it, I mean, it fits. It just. It is good. It's. I mean, it's Kanye. Whatever. It's, Kanye. I'm is, bummed that it's Kanye, but. Kanye's got issues. I, I I recognize that Kanye's musically he's a genius. Sure. He's human wise, he's an asshole. Yeah. But I mean. Um, so that's the plot. Should we take a quick break? I gotta go get my tea. You probably gotta pee. Sure. And I'm gonna play this what? This ad. What? We anyway. are big top peewees. What the hell? Okay. What's this? An ad break in the middle of the show? But they don't do that. What we do if we have something important to share? Cookies for breakfast. What? Cookies for breakfast. A podcast from Spark Tabor. Who's Spark Tabor? He's a comic out of Chicago. But I think he's from Cincy, Ohio. Can I can I say Cincy? Like like am I allowed to say that if I'm not from Cincinnati or Ohio? Is it like if you say San Fran or Frisco, if you're in San Francisco? Because if you do, a hippie will pop out of nowhere and beat you with a bundle of patchouli. I don't even know what patchouli is. All I know is it smells like hippie. I only know three things about Ohio. WKRP in Cincinnati, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, because apparently Cleveland rocks, and it's a real important state during election time for some reason. But enough about Ohio. Chicago. Comic. Spark Tabor. I've seen a stand-up. Super funny guy. He has a bit about Matilda that cracks me up. Anyways, he has a Twitch stream, and he has a podcast. Cookies for Breakfast. Great name for a podcast. Even has a tagline. A Pursuit of Pleasure podcast. Did you like the way I said pleasure? Yeah, me neither. In fact, I'm sorry I said it like that. Actually, no, no. You know what? 
I'm not sorry. Don't shame me for trying to bring joy by saying the word pleasure. That's on you. Well, what's cookies for breakfast about? Uh, everything. Sex. Ooh la la. Okay, I don't know why I said ooh la la. I'm not the ooh la la kind of guy. That's actually the second time I've said ooh la la this month. Anyways, what turns you on? For me, a guy solidly in my mid-40s. That's right. I'm in my mid-40s. And at this point, there's no going back. But for me, it's antiques and houseplants. Because I'm an old, old lady. But Cookies for Breakfast isn't only about sex. Oh no. Current events, politics, pop culture. You heard of it? Movies, music, sports and video games. Those last two were kind of blind spots for me. All my sports references end with 90s era baseball and hockey. And maybe some early 2000s basketball. Kobe! And video games. For me, my speed, Pokemon Go, and Animal Crossing. Again, old lady. But you don't need to be up to date with everything. Spark will walk you through it all. Sometimes he's alone. Sometimes he's got guests. Cookies for breakfast. A pursuit of pleasure podcast. Ooh la la. That's three. Get it where you get your podcasts. I mean, okay, yeah, that's obvious. You're not going to go to the hardware store and be like, hey, what are your podcasts? Cookies for breakfast. Podcast. Do it. Hey, we're back. We're Did back. you enjoy that ad? I hope you enjoyed that ad. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about our cast really quick. I know we mentioned them during the plot, but um, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal's Anthony Swafford. Do you know who else was considered? Um, let me try to guess. Toby <laughs> McGuire. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much all those early to mid 2000s. Uh, no, mm. he would have been a little bit older. Yeah, I know. Christian Bale, mm-hmm. which seemed too old. Sure. Uh, he's about what, six years older than Gyllenhaal, I, I think. I wouldn't know. Uh, Emil Hirsch. I know that name. Uh, Speed Racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get him mixed up with. I, I get him Solo. Mixed. Aaron Rick. Aaron Reich or whatever. It's so funny how no one knows who that guy is. He played Han Solo and I still don't know who, what his name is. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, same, oh, really? ma- same age as Christian Bale. It's a little too old. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Toby Maguire, Shane West. Josh. Shane? Oh, Shane West. Yeah, I know Shane West. Uh, Shawn, Josh Hartnett, which would be... he was, I don't know. Well, he was in Black Hawk Down, and I feel like hmm. people would be like, oh, is that the same movie? It's not, but... And uh, Joshua Jackson. Too... Pacey. Too doughy. <laughs> too doughy. Oh, sad. Um... And then uh, Hall would eventually be considered for the part of Bruce Wayne the same year. Oh, really? Who, which obviously went to Christian Bale. I heard, um, or I had read that Hall, I guess, left a message, like an impassioned message mm-hmm. to Mendes too. Yeah, because he and hadn't that, heard back. And that's what got him the job, they yeah, think? Yeah, we read the same thinks? fucking information. Okay. Good. Cool. <laughs> I, I know, um, I actually did some sort of research. Who's... Huh. Scott McDonald as D.I. Fitch. Who's that? The drill instructor. Oh, from the beginning. Notice yeah. it's D.I. and not D.S. Because it's drill instructor, not drill sergeant. Oh, okay. 
Uh, Peter Sarsgaard as Alan Troy. Jamie Foxx as Staff Sergeant Sykes. Lucas Black as Chris Krueger. Brian Garrity as Fergus O'Donnell. Ooh, related to Chris. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jacob Vargas as Juan Cortez. <laughs> Sorry. What is on my jeans? I'm not wearing jeans. <laughs> Pajamas. <laughs> um, Laz, Laz Alonzo as Roman Escobar. Evan Jones as Dave Fowler, a.k.a. Squishy Face. Don't you ever call me Squishy Face? He, he's, you know what? He might be the number three because he, he was like the biggest character. Yeah. He's like if your troop had. And he does lose his goddamn mind. Like he's like ADHD to begin with or something. And he's so gung-ho. Yeah. He's bananas. I mean, he is the loose cannon in this company. And he does this so well you think, like, the actor is really like that. Like, I look at him, like, Evan Jones, I'm like, is he, like, kind of crazy? Because look at this. He, I mean, you would think Like, that's acting. Like, that's, like, I don't know. He did it so well. You would think he has to be a little crazy. He's got a little Steve Buscemi vibe going on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, he's he's great. He gets desert dementia. He, he gets he gets he gets a little space crazy in the desert. Uh, Chris Cooper as our Colonel Kaczynski, Dennis Haysbert as Major Lincoln. Dennis Haysbert, he's is so so fucking intimidating. He's so funny, like he and he's so good, yeah. Like the the latrine scene. <laughs> oh and I'm like, you sell insurance. What are you doing? <laughs> I left you a little gift. <laughs> and then I think my favorite uh, cameo in this whole movie. As Colonel Corporal Harrigan, John Krasinski, who wrote all of his lines. <laughs> his, like, I think he had two lines. He plays uh, a transcriber or something. He writes, he types he, out letters. He's a scribe, yeah. He's basically, a, he's basically Marine Secretary. Yeah. To the major or whoever. I studied classics at Dartmouth. <laughs> it's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he wrote all of his dialogue. He's wearing those glasses. This was, I think, what, the same year that Office, the Office started? Office started in 2005? Oh, I don't know. Um, So all the interviews, when the camera crew comes and they do all those interviews with the troops, they were all improvised. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lucas Black was very uncomfortable with yeah. this because he, he needs a script. He needs a script, which... Hey, that's nothing played, against that. It played so well because he won't look at camera. He won't fucking, uh-uh. he won't participate. No, he's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. I did like that. That was, and knowing that now. Yeah. It's so much better. But, oh, I like that. Uh, this movie was filmed in the Southern California, Imperial Valley, which has conditions very similar to Iraq. So don't live there because it's just desert. Uh, Marines used one of the local towns, Brawley, mm-hmm. for training purposes. Um, same kind of training that the people had to, you know, do in the movie. Get used to the heat and all that crap. What are you playing? Um, no, I'm looking to see where exactly Imperial Valley is. Isn't just east? East of everything? I mean, it's real close to Salton Sea and stuff. Yeah, it's... it's- Horrible, no horrible horrible place no reason to go there unless you're filming a movie even then <laughs> it's all the burning of the oils that was all computer generated mm-hmm. so were those two scorpions i think 
The one was real, like when he well, shows them holding they're fighting, it. They're fighting. They're, they're yeah. They look CGI. real. Yeah. I they don't look like really that good. scene. I don't know. It freaks me out. You don't like it because you don't like to see animals die, or yeah, because you don't like this. Well, because it's so because you don't like to see giant testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. Kill. Ugh. Oh, how many times do you think the word fuck? Three hundred. Two hundred and seventy-eight. Shameful. And 38 times it's attached to mother. mother. Yeah, I figured. A lot of swearing in this movie. Some sexual content. That you would I... think it was a Tarantino movie. There's so ah. much fox in it. Eh. No, actually, if it was Tarantino, there'd be a different word in it a lot more. What word? We don't need to say it. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so what do you... This kind of had some mixed reviews. What do you think that Rotten Tomatoes is? I, I'm going to say not stellar. 55. A little bit higher. Hmm. 61. Okay. Um, Our good friend Ebert gave it three and a half stars mm. out of four. Because it's a fucking bummer. Yeah. It, he credited it for its unique portrayal of the Gulf, of Gulf War Marines mm-hmm. who battled boredom mm-hmm. and a sense of isolation rather than enemy combatants. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's it's a part of war that you just don't see because it's not interesting. But the mental toll it takes is I mean, it's what a, this movie is about. It's a heightened version of filmmaking, which is mm-hmm. long periods of boredom highlighted by some good scenes, moments of sheer terror. Okay, and then boredom. Yeah, in your trailer for eight hours. Yeah. And then, shit, we got to get this shot. Hurry up. Yeah. Everybody work. Do your job quickly and accurately. Okay, now cut. Now yeah. let's yeah. reset. Yeah. Three more hours. That's totally true. Um, hmm. Some things that you like about this movie. Not some a whole lot. Hi- really? No, not a whole lot. I thought there were some funny parts. A couple, sure. I thought the use of music was good. Yeah. I like when they're all... Um, I do like the Tom Waits... I don't. Soldiers things. I don't. That's a horrible song. <laughs> I don't I mean, like Tom Waits' voice. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's because it's a Vietnam song, I think, or is, isn't it? I like when they hear Break On Through the Other Side coming from the helicopter. <laughs> and he's like, that's, that's Vietnam, Vietnam music. Why don't we get our own music? Because <laughs> that's totally true. Um, I like when they're all singing along to OPP. They all know the words. Sure. And you know, they all knew the words before they even filmed. Like, yeah. They're like, yeah, we know. You know I feel like, Jacob Vargas. Knew I it. feel like that was playing like off camera, like during a break, and they're like, "Okay, let's roll camera real quick. We'll try to get the rights later." I think I read that <laughs> that song actually didn't come out till later that year. Like, after, it came out in '91. Oh yeah, because this is a. That's right. This, this is, is a early piece. '90s movie. That's right. This is a period piece. I think I OVP forgot. was '91. Ah. But it's a great scene anyway. I don't care. Um, the cinematography. By Mr. Uh, sir. Is he a sir? I should be. Roger Deakins. Deakins. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's pretty incredible. I did think that this movie looks different from a lot of other things. It, There's some really beautiful shots, actually. Um, Well, you know what made me think of, like, seeing the, just the actual look of it was hearing Screen Jaffs talk about Quentin Tarantino using 70 millimeters indoors where you get these because it's 
wide panoramic mm-hmm. film from like hateful eight indoors. Yeah. yeah, that was seventy millimeter. Yeah, and like I so I was paying attention to the look of it. I'm like, mm. this looks dramatic. It's so stark. It's just, I mean, mm-hmm. I was paying attention to. I mean, I was paying attention to the visual aspect of a movie because uh-huh. of one thing that they said in that one podcast. Mm, well, nerds. Yeah, I know. But yeah, there's some shots that are just like as monotone as the colors are because they're in the desert. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have bright colors at all. Like there's some it captures it just so differently from you know any movie you make about the Iraq war or Afghanistan. Like you're going to have very muted colors. Because I mean it's you're going to get a desert landscape. And there's no really no blood in this movie because there's no fighting you know the most you see like jake jill i mean twofer gets like a broken or bloody nose at the beginning uh-huh. i mean one guy does get shot yep but you don't really see that during training mm-hmm. which really sucks yeah and you it fucking sucks and i do remember hearing about american casualties during desert storm and it was one guy got hit by a truck on base you know one you know yeah this was unfortunately he you know they were Doing the crawl in the mud and under the barbed wire. And he freaks out. And he gets up a little too high. And, and I felt bad for the shooter. Because he was just And you see shooting. him, like, grabbing his helmet. Yeah. Realizing it's, what just happened. More. Like that that famous picture of that guy, the Vietnam War, on, with, written on his helmet. War is hell. Oh, yeah. Sure. Even if you're not doing anything. If you're sitting and playing with yourself. <laughs> Or whatever these guys do. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Jamie Foxx, I think, is, yeah. Jamie, Every scene he's Jamie in. Jamie Foxx wins this movie. He for sure does. And that's nothing. I mean, this is still Hall's movie. Sure. To a point, oh, because yeah. he's the main character, but he. I mean, he is the voice of this movie, yeah. Yeah. But it's not like he's, this is my movie. No, he shares it, and Jamie Foxx fucking steals it. I mean, it really, it, it might may as well just be Jake Gyllenhaal narrating a movie. Starring Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Starring Jamie Foxx, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not... Yeah, it's a downer. It has funny moments, and it's not war porn or any, you know, like... No. You're not watching Fury, Brad Pitt. Oh, God. I never saw that. I couldn't get through it. I have the record. I never saw that, though. You have the soundtrack? Mm-hmm. By Stephen Price? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, our music in here, our score is Thomas Newman, who works with Sam Mendes. It sounded very Thomas Newman. If you know his stuff, it's... Every time I see Thomas Newman's name, I think Randy Newman, and I'm like... Cousins. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, different guy. And totally different sounds, like, too. Oh, there's no short people in this... Music? Completely different sounds. Yeah. And then David this Newman. This isn't a Pixar movie. David Newman, who is Thomas's brother, he did like Serenity and oh, Bill yeah, and yeah, Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, it's not one that you watch all the time. You know, I don't, I'm not like, I just don't like war movies and they leave me feeling bad about everything. I, I've lost my <clears throat> taste for war movies. You had a taste? Oh, yeah. What kind of war movies? Well, I watched all the Vietnam ones. I don't watch any of those. I don't know why. I don't know either. 
I watched when I seen some of the new, you know, the newer, the more modern World War II movies, like the Spielbergs. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've seen mostly World I mean, War II movies. The Good War. And we saw, we saw Black Hawk Down. We saw that in the theater. And I'm glad we don't have that one. I, we don't. I know that if we did, it would be the next fucking one we have to watch. <sighs> <laughs> that one is I a little more violent. I mean, there's actual like there's battle, some in combat in yeah, that one. There's combat in there, but uh, again, yeah, so another early nineties. I mean, that one's Battle of Mogadishu, which was horrible. Yeah, and it's like what three days or something it didn't take over. Place. It was it's supposed like, to be six hours. Oh yeah, and they fucked up. Mm. But yeah, and Orlando Bloom fell out of a oh, helicopter, yeah. <laughs> and Josh Hartnett was pretty damn good in that movie. Was he? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm never going to say anything bad about Mr. Hartnett. No, sure. I mean. um, But yeah, I, I don't have a taste for war movies. It, I mean, Empire of the Sun is good, but it's depressing. Yeah. Even if it's Spielberg, it's depressing. The only war movie that I've enjoyed. That's not depressing? Is it funny? Is it a comedy? Tropic Thunder. Oh, God. Here we go. And is that a war movie? It is I a mean, war I mean, I know movie. it turns into something real. It is a war movie. Huh. And it's a war movie in a war movie about a war movie. Yes, we know. Movie. We've done this. This guy says another movie. Ha, ha, ha. Wow. <laughs> God. Okay. But, yeah. I don't know. I enjoy parts of it. I enjoy all the performances. The cast is great. Um, I am not a fan of just, especially wars that are from my time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, all, I think for the most part, all the wars in our time are unnecessary wars. They're all money wars. They're all, and apparently they're boring. Even though there are obviously there's casualties and some shit happens. But you're never going to look at Iraq or Afghanistan and go, that was the good war. When we were doing all we could on the home front to support our boys. Like, you're never going to get those words. And we treat our boys like shit when they get back. That started in the 60s and it's continuing. Yeah. Whatever. We don't own any Vietnam movies, huh? I hope not. No. I would never own one. Yeah. I've... I've never even thought to own one, even though I've, I think I've seen all of them, all the major ones. And I, I don't, it's not ever th- anything I ever want to revisit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Me, 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 me. All right. Anything else you want to say about Jarhead? No. Do you didn't, recommend didn't this movie? I didn't even want to watch it. I know you didn't, but you did. You powered through. Nope, that's, we can... <laughs> Should we pick next week's? Google better pick something good. Or well, I don't be, know. I'm going to be real upset. Sean bought a movie. Did I add it in? You're going to do it right now. I think I did, because I think it... Yeah, okay. All right, let's pick... Hey, Google. Pick a number between 1 and 197. 41. Not the one I just bought. <laughs> no. 
No! <laughs> okay, a fun movie from 1992. Harry and the Hendersons. Get your ice skates out, guys. It's time for the cutting edge. Uh, for <laughs> fuck. Oh my god, I sake. love this movie so much. Is it for f- fuck's sake? Yeah, it's because it's for the it's for the sake of the fuck. For wow. fuck's sake. You like this movie too. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. You have? Mara Kelly. Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney? Yeah, I've seen it. Olympic figure skater and hockey player team up to win the Olympics. I mean, this is topic. Topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen this movie in so long and I've been waiting. I'm excited. I think this movie's streaming because I think I saw it when I was browsing. So if you haven't seen The Cutting Edge, my God, you guys, go fucking see it. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a good holiday movie. It's better than it's going to be more entertaining than Jarhead. Oh, it's for sure, and I think it's like a cool like ninety minutes. And Jarhead was like eleven hours long. It's two hours, but it felt oh my god really long. I'm which, like, is this movie in real time? Jesus, I I guess they did their. I mean, because they were bored and they were there for a long time. Wait, hang on, what? Put milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. God. <laughs> you think she's doing that just for fun? I know. I think she's a bitch. That could be. Oh, shut up. Okay. So that's it for today. Next week, The Cutting Edge. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Thanks for listening. And Thanks think- to Brushy One String. Thanks to Spark Tabor. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, go watch Mandalorian because the season two finale made me cry because it's so. Bleh. Yeah, I, I won't say it made me cry, but it you had was emotion. pretty close. Yeah, I was on the edge. <laughs> I'm a donkey on the edge. Oh god! All right, that's it. We will see you next. Week Christmas Day. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless, restless. Are you not entertained?